Okay, I'm going to go ahead and begin. Uh, we have a, a lot to cover this morning in a small period of time, so um, I'm going to be a, a little challenged to get through all this in just 30 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and get rolling. Some of these slides that we're going to uh, to be going over, I, I may just skim over them very briefly because some of this is uh, introductory information and basic information that I think some of you probably already know. But let's go ahead and, and get rolling with this. Obviously, our topic this morning is uh, natural modulation of autoimmune-related inflammation. We're going to be talking about um, rheumatoid arthritis primarily, although we'll mention other autoimmune-related diseases. But as most practitioners can attest, pain and fatigue are two of the most common issues that people come to see you for. So actually, uh, pain and fatigue in that order uh, are typically what drive people to visit primary practitioners. And this issue of inflammation has been a subject of news magazine articles, and Time Magazine actually did this, uh, this article back in 2003. So this has been a, a topic of discussion for at least a decade now. Um, of course, it goes way beyond that in, in terms of the functional medicine circles, uh, because we know how inflammation, as this article states, uh, drives many of the most feared illnesses of middle and old age. So many people in the functional medicine circles have known that for a long, long time, but only in the last 10 years or so has it really come to the forefront of some of our uh, publications, etc. So some of the health conditions known to be associated with uh, inflammation, rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, irritable bowel syndrome, even type 2 diabetes, believe it or not, obviously coronary heart and other vascular diseases, and various cancers and cognitive issues like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, uh, even endocrine disorders related to estrogen, eczema, osteoporosis, etc. Now, autoimmune disease is, as you know, I believe, I hope, that is a situation, a condition where the immune system cannot differentiate between self and things that are foreign. And this phenomena affects up to 20% of the population, one in five people. It's 50 million people. So it's not an uncommon thing. It uh, causes more than 80 serious conditions involving almost every organ system, and 75% of autoimmune conditions occur in women because there is an endocrine involvement. Now, we're not going to talk about the endocrine involvement this morning just because we don't have time. Um, we're going to focus more on the specific inflammatory issues and where that comes from. Uh, but know that because of the endocrine involvement uh, where estrogen plays a role, that a lot of these patients, most of them, 75% of them, are female. Likewise, the common medical solutions address symptoms and are only partially effective involving immunosuppressives and anti-inflammatory medications. And it still baffles me why... Uh, with, let's say, rheumatoid arthritis as an example, the joint is still the primary focus rather than the underlying causes of why the joints are reacting that way. And so that's why these anti-inflammatories are such a, a go-to medication for these types of conditions. Now, let's talk about the frequency of autoimmune conditions. Here again, it's up to 20% of the populations, more commonly in women. So Graves' disease by far is the most common followed closely by rheumatoid arthritis and Hashimoto's, but then type 1 diabetes, pernicious anemia, multiple sclerosis, lupus, that's also uh, 
fairly high on the list. Now, this is a, a great quote from Nature Medicine 2005. They state that in the past, autoimmune diseases have been studied on the basis of the organ affected. But in recent years, the focus has switched to a more cross-disciplinary approach with a view to providing a better understanding of the common mechanisms underlying the pathogenesis of these diseases. So that's true functional medicine. Functionality is the key here, getting to the root cause of why people suffer from these types of conditions. Now, with rheumatoid arthritis as an example, here again, I mentioned a moment ago that it is often mistakenly thought, mistakenly thought to be a condition localized to the joints, but patients with rheumatoid arthritis develop central nervous system involvement, GI issues, etc., thus classifying it as a systemic disorder, as you see there on the chart. Uh, the conditions associated with uh, organ-specific diseases and associated with more systemic disorders. And rheumatoid arthritis is down there on the list uh, near more of a systemic type of situation. So let's just go over some immune system basics for just a moment, just to refresh your memory. I, I know this is biochemistry 101 for a lot of you, but let's just do a, a quick review. So what is an antigen? An antigen is any molecule that stimulates an immune response. So that could be a bacteria, virus, microbe. It could even be transformed body proteins. Uh, it can be uh, food particles that have leaked out into systemic circulation through a leaky gut. Most antigens are pathogen proteins or carbohydrates that are foreign, the body considers them foreign or non-self to the body. And then autoimmunity is actually a cross-reactivity where the immune system confuses what is self with what is foreign. So that's a very simplistic explanation of that, but uh, for the sake of time here. But then uh, let's talk about the two cellular arms of the immune system. And again, I'm just gonna go over these very briefly because you know these already. So one arm involves the phagocytes, which gobble up the bad guys, and the other arm is the lymphocytes, which produce antibodies, etc. So Here's how this works then. I just thought this animation would be cool to see because it's really remarkable how this works. So when there's an antigen or a foreign substance present, the leukocytes go to work and rub up against the antigen and actually bite off a piece of it and then present it to the B cells, which then produce specific antibodies, which go and tag anything that looks like that original antigen. And then that activates the phagocytes and they go and they attack anything that looks like that antigen and they gobble it up. And we'll talk about how the cross-reactivity occurs and how the body becomes confused and begins to attack itself through that same process. So first of all, there can be a genetic predisposition with many of these patients where there's just a malfunction genetically with that process. But then there's also outside environmental triggers that involve uh, daily exposures through chemicals and drugs, and that leads to, to elevated oxidation and then uh, likewise altered body proteins. And if the biotransformation process in the liver is not functioning properly, if there's poor methylation, that can likewise lead to um, these types of problems. I'm going to click this out, and I'm going to go and mute all of my attendees here, so I'm not getting that background noise, so forgive me. So hold on for just a moment. Okay. All right, so let's get back on track. Uh, so 
all of those genetic issues and environmental triggers and malfunctions and biotransformation in the liver and methylation, et cetera, will lead to immune dysregulation that causes those phagocytes to begin attacking host tissue. So that's what we're talking about here, cross-reactivity. Now, one of the areas where uh, that underlies this process perhaps the most is leaky gut syndrome, uh, altered GI mucosa barrier. So that causes a, tr a transmigration of antigens through a leaky gut. So bacteria, viruses, microbes, and, and even food proteins can leak out into systemic circulation. And in the case of a food protein, if there's leaky gut, what should be broken down into an amino acid before it's absorbed. Now think of it this way. Think of um, a healthy gut lining as a screen door, allowing through only very small particles. But with leaky gut syndrome, the screen door becomes more like chicken wire. And so it allows through very large particles. And in the case of food proteins, what is actually good and beneficial if it's leaked out into systemic circulation as an intact protein, the body sees that as foreign. So it launches out a full frontal attack against that, what it considers to be a, a foreign molecule. So the way that this works then is the immune system, as I've just described it a moment ago, goes to work and uh, tags those antigens. In this case, I've uh, talked about the, the body protein, I'm sorry, the, the food protein that's leaked out into systemic circulation and that's considered foreign. So the immune system will go to work and uh, tag anything that looks like that antigen, that looks like that food protein or microbe or virus, bacteria, et cetera. But perhaps there are proteins in the synovial membrane of the joint that resemble the same shape as that original antigen, whether it be a food protein or whatever. So as you know, these antibodies, they attach themselves to the antigen, but if there's a, another shape or another uh, substance in the body, a tissue in the body that resembles that same shape, the immune system gets confused and carries out an attack on that host tissue as well. And in this case, we're talking about rheumatoid arthritis. So that's, that's called cross-reactivity. It's also called antigenic mimicry, where the, the immune system literally gets confused and begins carrying out an attack on host tissue. Okay, so what are some strategies then to address these underlying contributory factors? Well, first of all, we need to address that leaky gut syndrome issue. And once again, if antigens are passing through a leaky gut into systemic circulation, that activates that immune response that we just looked at. So obviously, providing substances like acidophilus and, and other things uh, such as the Ultra Inflamex program and other products that I'll talk about here in a moment that heal up that leaky gut barrier, that can prevent these antigens from leaking out into systemic circulation and affecting the joints. Now, speaking of the gut, I think it's important to mention here that between 60 and 70% of the body's immune defenses are concentrated in the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, or the GALT. And it's very important that uh, we understand the gut's importance and involvement in the immune system and how it can be overreacted in the case of systemic inflammation. And uh, there are strategies by which we can calm that response down and modify it. So since I mentioned acidophilus a moment ago, let me just talk briefly about the Ultraflora IB. 
Now the IB stands for Irritable Bowel. This is a product that we created uh, some years ago in response to Dr. Stephen Faber's work where he used a lot of our original Ultraflora, which was a weaker, uh, less potent product uh, with his IBS patients, and they all began getting well. And uh, much to his, his surprise, I think, because he was a fairly conventional gastroenterologist. But based upon the amounts that he was using, we created Ultraflora IB as a 60 billion organism per capsule product to consolidate the amounts that he was using in his work. And uh, so this is a product that you can use for these types of leaky gut patients to speed along the process of uh, restoring that gut barrier. And I won't go into a great deal of detail about this uh, product because we are already pressed for time. Uh, just to say that the NCFM strain of acidophilus is the most extensively researched strain of acidophilus in the world. It is the one that seems to have the best ability to uh, latch on to the mucosal barrier where it takes up residency. And now all probiotics to a certain degree are transient in varying degrees. The NCFM strain of acidophilus seems to be the less transient and takes up residency where it seems to displace a lot of the bad bacteria and helps to heal up the gut mucosa. And 50 scientific studies and over 30 years of clinical use on that strain. So it's not just that strain. There's also B. lactis in there as well. So one to two of those per day is a very, very powerful thing that you could begin doing to modify the expression of the immune system and begin to bring about gut healing. So if you did just that product right there for these types of patients, that would make quite a bit of progress, but there's other things to consider too. So calming the inflammatory response then, again, some of this I'm just going to skip on through because of, of a time. So um, basically, this is just kind of a vicious cycle that's explained in this slide where the immune cells identify the antigen and immune cells uh, produce cytokines. And the more cytokines, the more inflammation, and so goes the vicious cycle. And there are nutrients that can calm that cycle. So let me just go through this really quickly. I'm, I'm not going to, again, take the time to go through this in detail, but uh, I just want to make the, the case here that certain nutritional compounds like reduced iso-alpha acids calm that kinase pathway and can block that PGE2 cascade, that arachidonic acid PGE2 cascade. Uh, Omega-3 fatty acids also help to displace the PGE2 with PGE1 and 3. So there are certain substances, also selenium and zinc, that help to calm that whole inflammatory response, and curcumin and rosemary can block that COX-2 pathway. So vitamin D is also very important because uh, an, a deficiency in vitamin D will actually aggravate that whole immune response where the immune system seems to get stuck in that chronic autoimmune state where it's just everything is all jacked up and everything is, is elevated. So vitamin D then, supplementing vitamin D, can actually calm that back down and modify the expression of the immune system. So vitamin D deficiency is rampant, first of all, especially in this part of the country, but it also plays a huge role in the prevalence of autoimmune disease. So vitamin D deficiency needs to be addressed. And I'll get into some more specific protocols here in a moment. Well, here's my slide right here uh, with uh, some of the protocols that are being used, that have been used in the Functional Medicine Research Center, which is the clinical arm of Metagenics. So I'm going to show you several case studies right now involving some of these products. So the Ultra Inflamex Medical Food 
D3-5000, and then fish oil, the, our EPA DHA-720, our high-potency capsule, and then the Ultraflora IB. Now, there's some other things that uh, were, were added in these protocols. As I go through these, you'll see some products other than the four that are mentioned here based upon the case. So, for example, if there's estrogen involvement, they may add some estrofactors. So um, just to bear that in mind. Let's talk, first of all, a little bit about the Ultra Inflamex and why it was designed the way it's designed. Uh, it's a medical food. For those of you that are not familiar with it, it's a powder. You mix it up in a drink. It's not great tasting. I have to forewarn you about that. But if you don't mind taking the time to doctor it up and make a smoothie out of it, it actually can be quite nice. And I've done this myself with the pineapple banana version that's pictured there. You uh, throw in a half a banana, a little bit of maybe pineapple juice, a uh, little bit of stevia, ice, and uh, mix it up in a blender. And it's actually quite nice. But just by itself, not that great. So just wanted to forewarn you about that. But basically, the ingredients were selected to rebalance eicosanoid metabolism with the curcumin and ginger. And by the way, when you open the container and you look at the powder, it's a very uh, yellowish orange type of color. That's because it's very, very curcumin rich. Uh, so by the way, side note, because of the richness of the curcumin and ginger and other antioxidants like rosemary, quercetin, vitamin C, rutin, etc. This is an extremely potent product in terms of antioxidant potential. So the ORAC value, which is basically a, a score that measures the free radical destroying capacity of a compound or product, is extremely high. 17,000 uh, ORAC score per serving, which is huge. Um, likewise, it supports the detoxification pathways through N-acetylcysteine. Limonene is in there. Uh, glutamine to help to heal up the gut, rice bran fiber, etc. So the people that would benefit from Ultra Inflamex the most would be people that have chronic inflammatory conditions involving the intestinal tract, skin, or joints, also bronchial asthma. So let me blaze through these. Uh, like I said, I was, I'm a little challenged for time, so I've got about 10 minutes to get through these protocols, and then, then we're going to be done. So forgive me for my speed here, but uh, you see this all on the screen. So in this particular trial, this is the one that I probably refer to the most when it comes to ultra-inflamex with rheumatoid arthritis. This is Monash University in Australia, 28 rheumatoid arthritis patients on just ultra-inflamex, nothing else. And you see there the numbers in 12 weeks, the numbers in terms of uh, swollen joints, the percentage of uh, swollen joints, the decrease in swollen joints, just it plummeted. Very, very impressive numbers uh, through a 12-week process. Likewise, a 47% decrease in C-reactive proteins. So, man, when, whenever you can decrease C-reactive proteins by that much, not only are the joints, in the case of rheumatoid arthritis, going to be affected, but everything else. You know, the, the neurological system, the, all the organs, etc. everything is going to be benefited by C-reactive proteins coming down that much. The cardiovascular system. I mean, this is a profound benefit for the cardiovascular system. And by the way, let me go back to that because this only shows the results through 12 weeks. I do have to tell you that these patients actually were, were followed through a six-month process. And at the end of six months, they were pretty much symptom-free. And this is rheumatoid arthritis, by the way, we're talking about. And the medical community has no answers for rheumatoid arthritis other than immunosuppressives and, and uh, anti-inflammatories, which don't work that great. To have these kind of results, I mean, yes, it took six months. And yes, Ultra Inflamex is an expensive product. But what other choices do these patients have? 
the fact that they, they got these kinds of results after, after three months and then six months is just jaw-dropping. Very, very positive, very encouraging. Here's one with um, a rheumatoid arthritis, long-term constipation, dysbiosis, and food allergies. The protocol was the Ultra-Inflamex program, which involved the modified elimination diet, Ultraflora IB, EPA, DHA, and also some candibactin BR to kill off the pathogenic bacteria since this patient had dysbiosis. And the results were these, a 100% reduction on the AIMS-2 symptom score and a 100% reduction in the AIMS-2 physical score. There was no pathogenic bacteria at the outcome, meaning there was no dysbiosis. We're talking about at the end of 20 weeks, there was absolutely no dysbiosis. Um, you see there at just eight weeks, the symptoms had improved dramatically in just eight weeks. After 20 weeks, everything was cleared up. Yeah, it took a little while. But here again, these patients really have no other recall. Some of these patients with, with uh, IBS, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, they've had these conditions for years. And to have something that can clear them up in 20 weeks is like a godsend to them. Uh, here's another one with rheumatoid arthritis, 51-year-old female with joint deformity, redness and stiffness, high blood pressure, depression, eczema, the same ultra-inflamex program with the elimination diet, the addition of Caprex, fish oil, and ultraflora IB. Less pain with no flare-ups, blood pressure normalized, and a significant improvement in the MOSSF36 scores. Now, that's defined right down here for you. That is a... Uh, general quality of life questionnaire. And so that was improved dramatically. Here's one um, that measures the sedimentation rate. And sedimentation rate came down significantly after four weeks on the Ultra-Inflamex program and a 90% decrease in the multiple symptoms questionnaire, which is another uh, screening tool to assess overall health and inflammatory status. So dramatic results just in, in four weeks and, and 12 weeks. Um, here's one with Crohn's disease, 57-year-old female, also Graves' disease, arthritic joint pain, and intolerant to dairy and high fiber. So they put her on the same ultra-inflamex diet, eliminated the gluten, Caprex, fish oil, uh, ultraflora IB, and estrofactors to address the endocrine involvement. And here were her numbers. Uh, improved caliber of her bowel movements, gas and discomfort reduced by week seven, hot flashes improved, pain and bowel function significantly better, played golf without ibuprofen for the first time, so the quality of life definitely improved, and a 40% improvement in the shortened version of the inflammatory bowel disease questionnaire. And likewise, here's one with um, neurological autoimmunity, Raynaud's, urethromyalgia, extreme fatigue, full body rash, multiple allergies, and the protocol was very similar. And she said at the patient outcome, I feel like I'm 20 years younger, significantly less pain, hands and feet now normal, 192% improvement in pain scores, and 80% improvement in the multiple symptoms questionnaire. So I know I blazed through that really fast, but here again, this is a our Wednesday morning webinar where I don't go into that much detail. I just kind of give you the, the basics. So if you want more detail on this, there's other educational tools that I can turn you on to. There's also a, a longer webinar that I can do. But let me bring it down home stretch here in the, in the next three or four minutes that we have left. Um, 
the autoimmune clinical guide is nice because it uh, educates both doctor and patient on the triggers that impact immune reactivity and physiological contributors and also has um, the uh, anti-inflammatory diet program guide. And let me just give you, as we come to a close here, the basic package to calm the inflammatory pathways, because this is not a cheap protocol. I just want to throw that out there. I mean, the, the patient will have to make a, a financial commitment to this because this involves um, some of our more expensive products, and they'll, they'll have to be on it for a little while. Ultra Inflamex at two scoops twice per day, one container is a one-week supply at that rate. So just that product alone, you're looking at $240 for a month supply. The addition of the D3-5000 would be definitely recommended. That's not an, uh, an expensive product. That's one of the lesser expensive products that we have. The EPA DHA-720 and then the Ultraflora IB. So all that together, you're looking at a protocol. If the patient follows that protocol to the letter, a patient price of $405 for a month supply. And they may need up to two or three months of that. So this is gonna be a little bit of a financial commitment for them, but what other recourse do they have? Now, to put this in perspective, uh, two Starbucks lattes and two sodas per day is $10, $10 a day. And a lot of people are doing that every day, even if they don't have a lot of money. So the protocol that we're talking about is not much more than that, it's $13 a day. For the payoff, this is a godsend for people if they can get over these problems like Raynaud's and rheumatoid arthritis and eczema. And uh, it's been rare that this protocol has not worked on people that have these types of autoimmune conditions. As a matter of fact, let me uh, put this in here before we, we close. I have a doctor in southern Indiana who tells me that two products with uh, Hashimoto's, Indofen and Ultra Inflamax, without any dietary modification, in his words, he can cure uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 90 days with those two products, Indofen and Ultra Inflamex, without any dietary modifications. Now, I think if he's getting those kind of results in 90 days without dietary modification, he could probably get even faster results if, if he had the patient do the Ultra Inflamex elimination diet plus some of these other products that... Uh, the protocol is suggesting. So other considerations, you could add the endofin or glutagenics for additional gut healing, Caprex or Caprex AI for additional anti-inflammatory support, and possibly Osteovantive for joint support and GALT support. And we haven't talked about really any of those in detail, but those are ones that you could add to the protocol if desired. And understand that autoimmune disease can involve every organ system. So endocrine, liver, and adrenal involvement are also possible underlying causes that we don't have time to talk about today. That's my larger webinar. Okay, so that's it. So thanks a bunch for attending. I know I went through that kind of fast, but I hope that was helpful for you. And have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.